3-2 pitch. Swung on a drill to right field. Doing back Sanders on the track at the wall. See ya! See ya! See ya! A home run by Derek Jeter. He pumps his fist in the air as he rounded first. He'll hit on third base. He high-fives Willie Randolph. And the entire Yankee team mobs him at home plate as he leaps onto the dish with a 4-3 Yankee win. Oh, oh, what a ball game. A game-winning walk-off home run by Derek Jeter. He is Mr. November. You are now listening to the Bleachers Creatures Yankees podcast, part of Elite Sports Radio. Today is Thursday, March 28th, episode 3 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York. I'm Rob Ork with here my co-host James Kelly and baseball is officially back and the New York Yankees are undefeated and in first place of the AL East, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Is back. Let's go. The Yankees beat the piss out of the Orioles today. 7-2. to two. Fantastic game all around. Luke Voigt, for sure not a fluke at all. Greg Bird. Mike Still Bird. sucks. Still sucks. Oh, okay. Let's just get right in. I wanted to start off happy, and now we're just going to get right into it. Okay, yeah. here we go. Greg Bird hit a home run today. Yeah. That's okay. a good sign. For who? For who? What does for that do Greg for Bird. us? It, he hit a home run on opening day. I know this was a typical Greg Bird game. What we expected, uh, just knowing the way that he operates, it was predestined that he was going to go over three with three strikeouts. And just when you started to think that Luke Voigt, that this is a clear first base win, Greg Bird can't do it in the regular season, he goes yard. Yeah, the best part is I'm sitting here all day watching this game, finish up work early, sitting here, watch this bum strike out three times, talking all this amount of trash to my New York Met fan cousin about how Greg Bird stinks, he's this, he's that. I go to the bathroom, I come back, as I sit back down on an 0-2 pitch, this guy's about to strike out for his fourth time of the day, and he goes center field, dead center. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Buddy. Greg Bird might be good. He no, might be bad. I want to no, get sucked in. Good. Yeah, I'm going to do it's it. I'm going to take the plunge. Ready? I'm going to take the plunge. Greg Bird, he's going to hit 240, 20 bombs. I'm fine with that. He can platoon. I like Luke Voigt a lot better. I want him to be the starter, but Greg Bird's only going to play against this righties. Is, the whole situation is only going to come more sticky when Aaron Hicks comes back. Well, it's just become so much more complicated. It's unbelievable. I think when Aaron Hicks comes back, I think Brett Gardner is going to be the one who gets the shaft. I think he's going to be the one losing at bats, which is fine because today he was 0 for 4. And even his big thing is that he's a grinder at the plate. He's going to give you a hard at bat. He's going to see at least seven, eight pitches from the leadoff spot. His first at bat of the season went down on three strikes. That's, That's true. true. That's true. But I mean, he's old. I don't know what I don't know what to expect from him honestly anymore. Pretty disappointing day for him. He's the only one on the team. He's the only one in the starting lineup right now that has no batting average. Zeros. That's true. Everyone else had at least one hit. Part of that is because Andrew Kashner of the Orioles. He had a couple. Stinks. He had a couple good starts Stinks. against the Yankees. He had the Yankees number last Stinks. year times. But Stinks. Yeah, today was just not so good bad. at all. He when Luke Voigt took him dead center, I knew immediately. I was listening at my desk in my cube, 
I just knew from the what was it? that was the first inning immediately. That, I mean, yep, that's, this, that's this one's over. Not good at baseball. He's just not good at his job. No. Well, who on the Orioles is good at their job? Also very true. That I mean, they, they're still trotting Chris I Davis mean, out. I mean, you know, props to them because they recognize their rebuild. They're not going to be good. They got they traded everyone away. They got rid of everybody. They're starting fresh. And they've been on record saying that they're not going to let anything get in the way of their rebuild. They're going to play their young players, which is great for them. But then they still just trot Chris Davis out there, who was arguing. I don't know if you watched it. I was lucky enough to be home and watch it on TV. He took a call strike three, letter high, right top of the strike zone, perfectly fine outside corner. That's a home run pitch. Right in the K zone. And this dude had the audacity to sit back, turn to the umpire, and start arguing as if it wasn't a strike. As if his last two years haven't gone exactly the same way. Are you kidding me? I said th- Tanaka threw the pitch. I'm like, that's a strike. He just watched it, and he's like, oh no, that's outside. Like, it could not be more over the plate. I, if anyone out there who's listening to this, if anyone's even listening to this, if you saw the at bat I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm referencing. The look and the attitude he gave the umpire when he called strike three, unbelievable. Like the the, the one of the clearest strike three calls of all time. I mean, the guy can't hit a goddamn baseball. This guy's making 161, right? It was in the contract. It was $161 million over whatever many years. Yeah, I it's, think the exact number was one metric shit ton. Yeah, exactly. One metric shit ton to just stink at baseball. Like, yeah. He was so good those couple of years, and now this guy can't hit a goddamn thing. I bet if him and I went against Tanaka 10 pitches, I bet i make more contact than that guy. That's that, a hot take. He stinks. He is awful. He is so bad. This is this is when I really feel like the Yankees have first world baseball problems. We're out here complaining. Our biggest problem is that our third baseman makes errors sometimes and that we have two first basemen, one of whom we know is good and one of whom who might Thanks. be good. He might be good. Thanks. We don't know yet. We, we don't know. Don't turn no. me into a... The more you say he stinks, the more I'm going to turn into a Greg Bird apologist, and I don't want to be that person. That's fine. Don't he let stinks. me be that person. I can't wait to come back on you because he stinks. That's fine. I I'm just I want them to succeed, man. I want Greg Bird to succeed. Can we, can we talk more about first world uh, baseball problems? Yes. This lineup. Oh yeah. I so mean, we have a hard time constructing. Again, again, lineup. granted, it's one game into the season. And, you know, we're joking around, overreacting, having some fun with it. It's fine. But when you genuinely look up and down this lineup you know everyone you know think luke voigt's a flash in a pan and whatnot granted it's just one game and he had a home run he had four rbis no i'm i don't care it's one game i'm fully confident i'm 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 all in on luke let me me get my point across right you know he had his four rbis great day for him great opening day that was great to see for him but i mean jesus christ this lineup you know like brett garner is brett garner fine whatever you know but then you got aaron judge batting second all right you're not pitching that guy okay then you got John Carlos Stanton, probably not really giving him anything to hit. And now if Luke Voigt can continue to produce in this role, I mean, he's going to see pitches hit all day. All right? But fine. He starts to do a ball, starts producing, and starts to pitch around him. Fine. Yeah. So pitch around him. Fine. All right? You saw I, just the one time that – Brett Gardner got on base too when the leadoff hitter gets on base, and you're going to see that a lot with Aaron Hicks, yeah. who gets on base a lot. It's, yeah, it's, it's just having him on base. You're going to have Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Luke Voigt coming in after them. You have to pick one of them to pitch to. You yeah. can't just not pitch to them. Well, it's what I was saying is so 
now Voight's going to see pitches to hit all mm-hmm. season long if he can keep this going, right? Yeah. But then it's like, okay, maybe we don't pitch to him, all right? Just hypothetically, all right? He, whatever, the, whatever the order is in the inning, fine. Then you got Miguel Andujar, who should have been Rookie of the Year last year. Everyone knows that. For, at least it should have been close. Yeah. Should have been Rookie of the Year, maybe closer, fine. Whatever you want to disagree, fine. Doesn't bother me. Is what it is, all right? But then you have Gary Sanchez after that, who— He's having a bounce-back year. Hopefully sure. bounce back here. Okay, yes, yes. Last year was a down year. Hopefully you can get more towards the 300s, maybe over 300s, which would be great to see, right? Obviously. I don't even care but about then, his average, just the power. Give you me, know, give me 30 you, got Greg, you got Greg Bird, all right, who, my mind, stinks. Whatever. Fine. He might be good, though. Might be good, fine. But then you have Glaber Torres, who legitimately could win a batting title at some point in his career. I think he's going to have the most well-rounded year. He's he is the most complete yeah. hitter on now, the team. Now everyone is listening. I'm not saying Glaber Torres is going to win a batting title this year. I'm saying throughout the course of Glaber Torres' career, he has a very good chance of winning a batting title at some point. Fine, but then at the number nine spot, you have a former MVP candidate batting ninth. Exactly, and that's our biggest problem. People are complaining about Troy oh, Tulowitzki oh, being I'm in the even, lineup. I'm not even done yet. By the way, you have a f- what is it? Three-time, three-time all-star, might even be five-time, all-star second baseman on the bench who just won a batting title. Who won a batting title, yep. What, two years ago? Yeah, DJ Mayhew. Won a batting title two years ago. The guy didn't even see the field today against one of the worst teams, okay? Yep. So we played our best lineup, fine, whatever. He didn't even see the field today. And this is also a lineup without Aaron Hicks and D.D. Gregorius, who, without a doubt, bring so much more to this lineup than we could ask right now. You know, 2 will go to the bench. It is what it is, you know. But we have 2 and DJ LeMayu sitting on the bench. Again, obviously, one game, overreactions, whatever you want to call it, fine. Sorry, by the way, Michigan is losing me a piss ton of money right now. Yeah, this is not this. a good site. This is not a good site. Jesus Christ, this is embarrassing. Oh, my God. Um, however, back to baseball. Again. You know, this is missing two starters. Tanaka pitched great. Chapman didn't have his best stuff. Best stuff. I will say, though, Adam Adovino. Oh, yeah. They did a great job getting him in at the right time. Because, you know, Adam Adovino is a New York guy. I also, I owe Adam Adovino an apology. In the last episode, I said he is from Staten Island. I was mistaken. He was from Brooklyn. That's why I like him. He's a Brooklyn kid, not a a Staten Island kid. The movement on his pitches today... Unbelievable. He's a big stack cast guy. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know what spin rate or anything like that is. Oh, spin rate. He's a big analytics guy. Yeah. He, he has the whole laboratory thing, whatever. Just watching him today, though, he looked great, looked comfortable. Him and Britton looked awesome. Chapman didn't really have his velocity. Didn't well, have those those stuff. high velocity guys always take a little while to get going. I get, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's game one of 162. Yeah. So, you know, Tons more time to go, but what you saw today, I mean, great. You know, you, you know, you got your home run. You got a couple other base knocks. Um, I don't know what else you have else to complain about, really. Something, something I really saw from today was that Aaron Boone put Adovino in the perfect spot because, yeah. like I was saying before, he's a New York kid. He grew up idolizing New York Yankees. He wanted to be a New York Yankee, and all of a sudden, his first outing. As a New York Yankee, 
it's in a blowout. There's no pressure on him. If yeah. he comes out and he throws an egg, it doesn't matter because you still win that game. If he comes out and he has a great outing, which he did, we're talking about how he came in for one and a third innings through three Ks. And he was fantastic. And it just looks like he's going to be fantastic. His slider plays better at sea level now. It's, it was ridiculous in Colorado. It's going to be even more ridiculous now. It's just it's not fair what we have in the bullpen. And we're, we're short in the bullpen, too. Because of the rotation, Herman is in the starting rotation. He might be a bullpen guy. Patanzas, when he comes back, probably takes Stephen Tarfley's spot. And then you're talking about your worst bullpen arm being Luis Sessa, who had a great spring, and I think he's fit for the bullpen. They, were warming, up, they were warming up today, and I got real nervous. Yeah, well, Sessa is going to be the slop guy. He's yeah. going to come in in the blowouts. He's going to come in when the Yankees are losing. Like He's just going to be the got, innings. Chapman got one guy on base, and he started pitching, you know, losing his control, losing his velocity, and they instantly got Sessa up, which I didn't like per se, but I, I understand the move, which is fine. I don't want to see Sessa come in that situation, especially so early in the year in a blow like that. I, I want to see Chapman, you know, come in, get his pitches, get his stuff down, get his, get his work in. You know, I get the move, but the last person I want to see right now that's always been the big thing with Araldis Chapman. And I get yeah. closers who throw that hard at all. Even Batanzas, if you don't get these guys regular work, they start to slip. Their velocity doesn't dip, but they lose control of it if you're not getting them regular work. It's natural. Because when you're throwing that hard, everything in your body has to work in perfect conjunction. You can't have one slip up or you're going to lose the spot. It's just, it, that's how hard they throw. That's, you need to get them regular rest. Uh, the other thing I saw today was Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. They both got shifted on in the first inning. Both of them hit rocket grounders to second base, went through for singles. And the Orioles just stopped shifting on them the next time. Gary Sanchez did the same thing. Yeah. Gary, Gary Sanchez put a hit the opposite way of the shift, so that was great to see. You know, I mean, again, who knows? The Orioles aren't a very good team. Who knows? If opening day luck or whatnot, you know, if we can keep that going, great. That was great to see. Opposite way to shift, you know, proving all those baseball nerds wrong, which is awesome. Always oh, yeah. awesome. Well, Susan Waldman is always saying that. Her and John Sterling are always saying when we have, like, everyone's complaining about the shift. Oh, you have to make rules if you just shift. score me a goddamn bucket right now, that'd be sick. Like, gee, 16 to 2 run in the last 458. Thanks, guys. I wish this is bad radio, but I wish everyone could see Rob while he's trying to podcast and watch this game at the same time. It's every other sentence. He's throwing his arms up in the air trying to figure out what the hell is happening to Michigan. Also, these orange vanilla Coke commercials are really starting to piss me off. Yeah. Why so. are they trying to sell orange vanilla Coke? I don't know. Well, let's just let's just let's get let's get back to it. Like, I mean, I don't know what a crossing guard has to do with orange vanilla Coke, but apparently, a lot. That, uh, well, that's just marketing. Yeah. If you don't get it, you just don't get yeah, it. Yeah. I don't. But know. as I was saying, John Sterling and Susan Waldman were talking earlier today. They were like, "Well, if you don't, if you don't like that they're shifting on you, learn to hit against the shift." Yeah. They sent Greg Bird. Everyone's shifting you onto the right side. Bunt it down the third baseline. Oh, yeah, learn how to do that. So. I get what they're saying. But that's a single if he does that. No matter how slow Greg Bird is, I'm he can hit all He's the power really he wants. Player. He's always going to be slow. He also had a really bad time. defensive play at first base today, so that's fine. Yeah, and Miguel Andujar was charged for that error, which I didn't care BS. for. BS. BS. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Uh, Miguel Andujar made a great, great play just to get to that ball. And then he, he threw it, and Greg Bird should have picked it. It's just, it is what it is. 
Greg Bird stinks at defense. He's never going to be a particularly good defender. He's just not a particularly good baseball player, so that's fine. No. And and it sucks because Andujar gets charged with the error, but that's one of those plays where you look back and it's like, Greg Bird probably should have picked that. It's on the first baseman, not the third baseman. That's not how it appears in the scorebook. You know, I feel like I'm in one of the situations where it's like, you know, people always make fun of, you know, the podcasters or whatnot for talking like trash about baseball players and athletes. And, you know, maybe they listen to it or not. And I hope Greg Bird somehow maybe one day comes across this and hears what I'm saying. And he wants to make fun of me for living in my mom's basement or whatnot. And I just want to let it be known that, no, I don't live in my mom's basement. I live in a very uh, cozy, we'll say, uh, two-bedroom apartment, but you still stink at baseball, Greg Bird, and my opinions still matter because you're just not very good. So, I don't, I don't know if it's obvious from that statement, but we have been drinking in a celebratory fashion thanks to the Yankees. Oh, I've been drinking since two this afternoon. It's been a disaster, but we deserve it because it's opening hey, day. The Purdue, Purdue won, which was great. So that yeah, was awesome. You you've been drinking and gambling all day. We've been watching baseball. Yeah. We watched the Red Sox lose, which was awesome. We watched the Mets win. Which was I, you know, I, I didn't see the Red Sox lose, but I'm not going to get too into that because they're still going to be a great team and it's still going to be tight the entire year. So I just again, one one sixty two, the Met game though. Do you want to go into that or you want to keep talking Yankees? Yeah, a let's bit? talk about it. Yeah, the Met the game was fantastic. The Grom was great. Didn't have his best stuff, but they still got a one out for him. You know, they only gave him for a while only one run of support, but you know that's a game that maybe last year the Mets lose. Almost ten times out of ten, for well, sure. The clear difference was Robinson Cano. I, I mean, uh, today, yes, today it was him. You know, who knows what it is? I hope it's a better, uh, a sign of better things to come for them. Um, but you know, Scherzer, to his credit, looked outstanding. He threw over a hundred pitches today, which is wild for opening day. He looked outstanding. Besides that one pitch to Cano, you know, at one point they each had nine strikeouts. Um, the Mets got their one run and, and, you know, they added on another insurance run and that turned out to be enough, which is great for them. But I'll tell you though, a lot of the Met at bats that I saw were not, not pretty. You know, well, their, their offense is not going to be their strong point I this mean, year. Brandon Nemo did not look good in many of his at bats. Um, it was nice to see Peter Alonzo get his first hit. Cano looked fine. You know who else had his you first know, hit? But Conforto didn't look good. It's just these guys that they've Juan Lagares. It's just I hope these guys turn around for him because they put so much time and effort into these guys. You know Juan Lagares, Michael Conforto, American Rosario, um, Nimmo. You know these guys that they've invested so much time in. You know, I mean maybe Nimmo would have more energy at the plate if he didn't sprint for every single goddamn walk he got, but. It's just Nimmo, I saw him, I think, two at-bats today, flipping back and forth between the games, and it was just awful, awful what I saw from him. And, you know, Dom Smith eventually came in for uh, for defense for Alonzo, but Alonzo got his first big that's, that's a big yikes when you're bringing in Dom Smith for defensive purposes. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's clearly a better defensive first baseman than Alonzo. Neither of them are good. But he's better than Alonzo. But, you know, it's a good win for them against, you know, a division opponent. Um you know, hopefully, it just keeps trending upward for them. I'd like to see them, you know, get back in the playoffs. Be nice for them. Um, Michigan needs that rebound. Thank you. Um, I love seeing the Mets win games, not because I particularly like the Mets, but just because if both baseball teams in New York are good, it creates this energy where both fans can talk a little shit on the other fans, and I like it because the Mets are always going to be our younger brother. 
So we always have the upper hand. But it's funny. It's cute when they think that they can come into an argument. Yeah, I just think, you know, it's always great to see the Mets good at baseball because, you know, they're always an underdog story. You know, I wish nothing. People get excited. Yeah, I wish nothing but the best for them. It's, you know, you got DeGrom and Syndergaard, you know, you got some of these great players. And, you know, I just like, it's better for baseball when their team is good. You know, it's the same thing with Trout. You know, like DeGrom deserves to be on a team that's going to compete and get him in the playoffs and put him on primetime television. Same thing with Trout. Like, we got to get Trout in the playoffs. We got to get Trout on more primetime television. Like, we just got to put the guy out there and market him better. You know, so did you see? Did you see the commercial that Mike Trout was in with Andrew Luck? No. I can only they, imagine how riveting that was. I'm going to go ahead and say that MOB for sure heard our second episode, or first or second episode, whichever one it was, when we told them that they need to market Mike Trout much better. It was the first one. I just went in on Probably Mike Trout. First. And they, they ran a commercial where him and Andrew Luck, who was also like a super awkward guy, just had yep. a disco battle. And oh. it was it was kind of pointless. That sounds exactly like an Andrew Luck and Mike Trout commercial. Yeah, but it, it, it was just we saw Mike Trout do something. And he didn't look particularly interesting, but he tried. And that's all you can ask for. Yep. Uh, to go back to the Mets, uh, specifically Peter Alonzo, I know I'm just kind of springing this on you, but we're looking at Peter Alonzo, we're looking at Fernando Tatis Jr. and Eloy Jimenez. All these guys were people we assumed were going to have their service time manipulated so that teams could get an extra year of control. And instead, they called them up. So that leads me to believe that maybe the owners are looking at the 2021 CBA and thinking the service time is not going to, it's not going to be the same. So what's the point of holding these guys down? Well, it's also not going to matter if you're just not in for a season, you know, like if they're just not going to play a year, like I think a strike's going to happen in 2021, you know, I think so too. based off the extensions and everything like that. And like you said, the service time. So it's like, what's the big deal about the service time? If I'm going to burn this guy right now, you know, use him for a couple of years, but then he's going to get a whole year off, you know? And again, after the CBA service time, I can guarantee you will not be the same. After well, that's, the CBA. that's scary for guys like it's Luke. All money. It's all money oriented and the players want to get paid, which is fine. And that's great. But, you know, it's not going to be the same. Prospects will not be treated the same. Service time will not be treated the same. I don't. I mean, I don't know how they're going to solve it. I don't know what the rules are going to be, but it's just not going to be the same. And I agree with what you're saying. Why are they like the owners are looking at this and they're saying, why am I going to burn this guy right now in the, in the minor leagues when I could try to get a year or two out of him before the lockout? I don't what you call it, strike I lockout, think, whatever yeah, you want to call strike, it. So. It's the same thing. I think the point that I'm trying to make, though, is that the owners clearly seem to think that the service time is something that they're willing to compromise on. So if they're willing to compromise on service time because it's not going to matter down the line. You know, why isn't Vlad Jr.? I know he's injured, but the Blue Jays came out ahead of time and they said Vlad Jr. is starting in the minor leagues. Are they just the only organization that refuses to admit that service time isn't going to be an issue anymore? Or do they actually have a problem with it? Are they going to oppose it in some way and cause the strike? Rob's also, he's super. I'm sorry, Texas Tech is just beating the piss out of Michigan right now. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to take everything in he's saying while I'm just watching like... My hopes and dreams come crashing to an end. Yeah, um, it's a rough life, buddy. I'm going to tell you, it's rough watching you from across the room because I've been there. Yeah. I've, I've been on the receiving end of this. People who remember the famous Buffalo uh, match football video. Uh, maybe we'll attach that snap to this. I think so. The, the tweet it. of this. Because uh, it's arguably the greatest masterpiece I've ever invented. That guy's got a sick cross tattoo on his calf. Is that what you're noticing about this game since you're losing by so much? You're looking for cool tattoos? 
Uh, yeah, considering I'm down 18, that is what I'm noticing. All right. Well, so, back to baseball. Well, I guess it's really 22. Which yeah, is it's red, not, so yeah, it's not great it's for you. Not good. With 12-18 left, you know, crazier things have happened, as they said, you know. At least the Yankees won. Uh, back to baseball. We've been looking at MLB prop bets for players, and some of the Yankees bets are wildly miscalculated. Over. So I'm going to, yes, most overs. So I'm going to share with you some of these bets. I want you to tell me whether you think it's going to go over or under. Giancarlo Stanton, over under 38 and a half home runs. Over. Okay, that's a good, that's a good pick. He had 38 last year. And we all knew he didn't have the best year. First year in the American League. Oh, he struck out a bunch. So I would, I, I wouldn't be upset if that hit under, but he had a better batting year. I don't think the strikeouts are particularly going to change because if you remember when he came over from Miami, all of his old oh, teammates. I'm not, I, I shouldn't say strikeouts particularly. Like if he could just get on base more, that's fine with me. You know, I won't be upset if he hits, you know, 30, 35, whatever, somewhere in that range. But if he just gets on, if his OPS is up, I'll be happy. That's mine. OPS, OPS say, is good. I'll say over for the sake of the chase. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think for the most part, when he came over from Miami, all of his teammates were saying, yeah, you're going to see a couple bad weeks from this guy where he's going to rack up some golden sombreros like he did last year. Last year, he had five strikeouts in one game. And then you're going to see two weeks where he's hitting a home run every other at bat. Yeah. He's he's like Brett Gardner. He's a streak hitter, except when Giancarlo Stanton hits it, it goes about well, 500. I, I will say I do think he's going to see more pitches to hit this year, just the way the lineup is built. Especially it, if Luke Voigt is legit. But it also depends how the back end of the lineup performs. If Luke Voigt keeps performing, again, it's only one game. If he can, re, if he can keep doing what he's done since the playoffs if last year. If he can year, retain that magic. Yeah, if he can retain the magic. Sorry, I was struggling to find the words there. Um, if he can retain the magic from the playoffs and opening day to day and just, and just become more consistent, these guys are all going to see more pitches to hit, you know, because, you know, and Duhar can hack it with the best of them for sure. Everyone knows exactly. that. Sanchez, if if Sanchez rebounds, you know, that's another dangerous batter. You know, Bird's at seventh for right now. But, you know, Didi's got to get back in the lineup. Uh, Hicks has got to get back in the lineup. But, you know, for right now, you, there's really not many places you can pitch around this lineup, you know. It's really, if you were to pick right now, you'd probably say Gardner and Bird are the weak spots. And then probably Tulo, you know. But then Tulo. Tulo did have a double today. Yeah, I, again, I'm just saying, if you had to pick, if you had to pick, that'd be it. You know, you'd hope you can get to nine. You can get to the nine to the one hitters with nobody on base, and then you get the judge. You can really pitch at him with nobody on base, you know. But everybody else uh, did not today, do today. Today, it's exactly the Orioles didn't do that. It just felt like today it was almost all the time either Judge or Stanton, or a lot of the cases, both of them were on base, and then Voice up at bat. And then if Voight's not bringing him in, then Andujar's up with two runners on. And it's just, I feel like the recipe, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to beat the Yankees and you're gonna play with them, it's you just gotta try to keep it. Obviously, it's gonna sound stupid saying this out loud, like keeping people off the bag. But you can't. The, the Orioles lost eight batters right now. Again, I when you're thinking of it stats wise and everything like that. Again, it's one it's one game, and who knows how the season plays out, and who will have a good year, and who will stink, and stuff like that. But if it, you know, if everything goes according to plan, there's just not many spots around this lineup where you can pick and choose who you're going to pitch to. You know, you're going to have to come after some of these guys, and it's not easy. It's not easy, and I know. I mean, that's that's good news for us Yankee fans if it stays this way. But you know, I'm I'm very interested to see how it plays out. 
the number one thing is you you are going to have to give Aaron Judge his walks. Stanton's going to draw yeah. walks. You can't Absolutely. be walking guys like Brett Gardner. You can't be walking guys even Luke Voigt. I don't. I think you have to pitch to Luke Voigt at some point. So just think about it. Let's just say sometimes you know you come to an inning where two O's leading off the inning. Let's just say the lineup right now. Right, two O's leading off the inning. He gets on base. Let's just say fine. Gardner maybe moves him over, maybe strikes out or whatnot. But there's only one out, right? And, and now, now you, you have got, a running scoring position with Aaron Judge. Again, even on first place, Aaron Judge is up at bat. All right, Judge can move the runner over. But then with either one or two outs, you're either facing with one out, two guys on, John Carlos Stanton, or you're facing two outs with John Carlos Stanton runner in scoring position. You know, it's just the way the lineup works. It's just the pitchers aren't going to really have a break. You know, I think, you know, the Red Sox are going to challenge the Yankees. And I think the Yankees, you know, again, I have no problem picking the Red Sox as the favorite. I think the Red Sox are definitely the team to beat right now. But, you know, I think the Red Sox are going to come after the Yankees with pitching, you know, and it's just how long can we sustain this level of success and hitting, you know, because this the team did exactly what they thought everyone was going to do today. You know, this they performed exactly. They hit a home run. They drove in runs. They, they batted everyone a lot. Over, walked a lot, which was great. You know, they didn't strike out a lot, which is awesome. But you know, they did exactly what everyone thought they were going to do. So, you know, I'm sure some team will find out a formula for it, but it's going to be very interesting to watch. And I look forward to when they start playing the Red Sox, you know, start duking and out the dog days of summer because the Red Sox are a really good team, you know? So that's going to be a big test to see how they perform against that. Well, the key to beating the Red Sox is going to be seeing a lot of pitches because their starting rotation yep. is what's going to try to carry them through games. They're going to try to get sale to go seven innings. They're going to try to get David price to go seven innings. They're going to try to get Evaldi to go seven innings Evaldi of all people. But we had that guy. We couldn't get him past the fifth inning. He's throwing 100 pitches, and he's giving up yep. three runs every single time, and now all of a sudden he's an ace for them? It doesn't seem very fair. But the point is, if you can get those guys My up at pitches and get to that middle of the bullpen, it's weak. Barnes is okay in the back. They don't have a real closer. So if you can get to the bullpen yeah. in the sixth and seventh yeah. inning, you're going to do a lot of damage. They don't have a real closer yet. I'm sure they have somebody in the works back there. I can't believe I, they haven't really looked into bringing back Kimbrell. Again, I know he's asking for a lot. You want to move on to him and Keiko? It's yeah, it's wild that they that they don't have teams yet. Move on, we'll move on. To yeah, the agency. I, it's crazy they don't have teams yet, but there must be something going on where they're asking for some ridiculous number that no one wants to pay them, and that's fine because there's no way, there's no way, no team in baseball doesn't want Kimbrel or Keiko. There's it, it's impossible. I just don't see how that works out. The numbers that their agents must be asking for, or the or the years they have asking, to be astronomical. The years they're asking for on the contract must just not add up. And well, Kimbrel's thirty-one. He wanted six years, which is absurd. Yes, I think Keiko's also thirty-one. Yeah, and he wants three years though, but he wants a high AAV. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like it's 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 a wash when you compare both. It's apples and oranges. You yeah. Know? It's different. They're two. They're two different pitchers. Yeah, exactly. Like one's a closer, one's a starter. You know, but it's just crazy. You know, especially just a team like the Yankees. You know, like you like it. It must just be Keuchel's asking for too much money that they're not bringing this guy in because I don't see why you wouldn't. I don't see why any. I think I think somebody would have to go down long term for us to think about bringing Dallas Keuchel in. Fine. Okay. Like again, that's worst case scenario, but. It, it, like you know, like you bring in Gio Gonzalez instead of Dallas Keuchel, all right. So that raises 
questions to me because he must be asking for some number that just is not making sense to any general manager in Major League Baseball. At some that's point, odd, even as his agent, at some point, when do you just call it and say, listen, bud, you're not getting the offers we thought you were going to get. You got to get on a team here. I think we're going to talk about the Brewers in a second. Oh, let's just talk about the Brewers now. Lorenzo Cain had a game. Well, no, no, I'll get to your point about the Brewers first before I talk well, about that. I'm, uh, this is part of the point. Powerful. Lorenzo yeah. Cain, they have a great offense. They have the reigning National League MVP. Lorenzo Cain was getting MVP talks in the first half of last year. Jesus Aguilar, great player. They have guys. They don't have a rotation. And Dallas Keuchel is a perfect fit for them because their top pitcher today, they had Chassin pitch today. He's not, a, he's not your front-line yeah, starter. Yeah, hard. Yeah, hit hard. And he's not a front-line starter. And neither is Keuchel. But if you're going to be rolling out Chassin as your number one guy, you need a starting pitcher. You, the Brewers, they, they have a chance to go deep. They almost made it to the World Series last year with no starting so how? Yeah, what's what's his name? Just went down. I, I don't know. I don't know who went he's, down. He, he's deciding about surgery on Friday. Starts with the C. Can't remember one of their relievers. I think, you know, their their pitching stats gone down the tube right know. now. But they they did rely very heavily on the bullpen last year, which also Kimbrel yeah. maybe makes sense for them. I don't think it's as strong a fit as Keuchel is. But I, Gio Gonzalez, first of all, before he signed with the Yankees and Dallas Keuchel, both of them. They sh- probably should have been talking to the Brewers more because it's just it's a match made in heaven. That's exactly what the Brewers need. They're probably willing to overpay a little bit because they know they're right on. The, the Brewers don't get this chance very often. They're a small market team. They're not going to get the chance to win a World Series. Very often. So when they get that chance, you have to take you have to go out and make the big splashy move. And if you're not going to get I mean, you're right. and you're going to roll with this weak rotation. You're going to run into the Dodgers in the NLCS again, and they're going to roll you. It just it is what it is. But how do you justify not throwing another starting pitcher into the mix? Especially when Keiko's just sitting on the sidelines, probably waiting for a bargain deal now because he wants to pitch. You would think. He could do, he could do the one-year deal that Mike Moustakas did. Where Moustakas opted out of his Kansas City deal. Yeah, he what's he playing? He's playing second base now, and... Milwaukee, right? Yep. Yeah, they have him playing second, which is weird. Third basemen usually don't move to middle infield. What do they have playing? Is over. Shaw still there? I believe so, yes. What's he playing? Outfield? Third. Third? Yeah. So they moved him over? Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You see these guys like Moustakas, who ended up on a one-year contract two years in a row when he opted out of a, opted out of a lot of money in Kansas City. He thought he was going to get a good deal. And he didn't. Yeah. But yeah, Lorenzo Cain made a fantastic play. Uh, that's really all that we have for baseball news in general. Oh, no, you're missing something very big. What? You're not going to talk about the Dodgers absolutely hitting the piss out of the ball today? What was the final number of home runs they had? Let's pull that up. Because that was just absurd. They, yeah, Dodgers are good, but the Diamondbacks are really bad. I know Granky pitched today, which but which is fine. That's okay. But I mean, you can't deny. I mean, twelve to five. What were the home runs? Where are they? Where are they? Granky, Granky is always liable for this kind of game, though. He often gives up huge games. He's a great pitcher, uh, maybe a Hall of Famer. I would say I would put him in the Hall of Fame by the time he's done with his career. 
especially if you ask him, if you add his offensive stats into the mix, he's for sure a Hall of Famer. But he is liable to have these really terrible starts that show up on a big stage because he pitches in Arizona, and this is the only time we hear from him. Where can I find... I don't want hits. I want, I want home runs. This is the research phase of the podcast. Yeah. Anywho, whatever. Uh, again, not a numbers they guy. Scored 12 runs. They scored 12 they scored runs. 12 runs. Really so I think they know. hit seven home runs, and that's not, uh, that's not an exaggeration. And they just... And, like the Diamondbacks kept Grinky in there, and they kept their pitches in there for like way longer than they should have, and it was just unbelievable. But you know, last year they finished runner-up to the Yankees with you know leading the majors in home runs. You know, the the Yankees set a major league record for home runs in a year, and the Dodgers, you know, I think they hit two thirty-five or something like that, two hundred thirty-five home runs. What was the Yankees two sixty-seven? Yeah. Do you yeah. think the Dodgers are destined for the World Series again? Do you think there's a team in the National League that has a realistic shot of upsetting them? Oh, uh, I think so. And I think if it's going to be a team, it's going to come out of the NL Central. Yeah, the NL Central is good. Um, I'd, I would be worried about the Nationals, as weird as it sounds, just because if you can get them in a playoff series, you're going to see Scherzer, you're going to see Strasburg, you're going to see Corbin three games. So you're really not asking their offense to do a whole lot of work in the postseason if those guys can have good outings. Yeah, we haven't seen Corbin yet, so obviously we've only seen Scherzer, but I agree with you. You know, I think if anyone's going to contend, I mean, the NL East has, a, you know, real solid teams. The Braves, Nationals, Phillies, I think we're going to contend for the top. Who knows? Maybe the Mets pull something out. Uh, I think the Marlins will probably. I really don't see the Mets being I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, you know, maybe they pull something out. You know, one of those three teams ends up stinking this year, but the Marlins will probably finish dead last. But I, I genuinely think the contender in the National League against the Dodgers is going to come out of the NL Central. It could be the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, anything like that. I don't think the NL East. NL East has a lot of good teams, a lot of good players. I think they're probably a couple years away from really contending for that NLCS title. I think so. I think it's going to be, you know, either Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals against the Dodgers in the NLCS. I like the Phillies. The Phillies are another team that I could see being in play for a Dallas Keuchel and maybe going in on that Jake Arrieta type deal. Again, yeah, Philly, I wouldn't count out until they're actually done. You know, but again, over one game in, who knows how their season's going to turn out? You know, Bryce Maypel, LeBron, and just they end up just sucking the entire year. But I don't see that happening. Reese Hoskins is a stud. You know, he'll be around for a while. Added pitching, so we'll see. I think I I think at the end of the day, it will be Phillies versus Braves for that title. You know, with the maybe the Nationals poking in there, but you know, I think it was going to be. Phillies or Braves compete for that division title with uh, one of those two teams fighting it out for the last wild card spot. I think so. I think this, the wild card spots both come from the Central. To be honest, I don't see a situation where the Cardinals or the Cubs aren't really in contention for it. I think the Brewers win that division, but I think the Cardinals and the Cubs are close. Bryce Harper did not have a good day today. He uh, he went zero for three. He had one walk. Yeah, two strikeouts. Not how you want to start your Phillies debut. I think they booed him. I think yeah. some people booed him. Not everyone. I, just, it was- I disagree with your central take a little bit. I do think that the Cubs and Cardinals are really going to give the Brewers a run for their money. We saw today, opening day, Cardinals really pushed them, lost by a run. You know, could have won it without Lorenzo Cain's insane play. So I do think the Cardinals are going to push. Oh, I think, I think close Joe for Madden, sure. I mean, Joe Madden is a dangerous manager. I think with Chris Bryant, Mike Rizzo, you can't count, count out the Cubs yet, you know. 
I think the NL Central is going to be real interesting, you know? And I really think that the two wildcard spots, you know, are either going to come from the Central or the East. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if one of those divisions swallowed both of them up whole. I think so. Both those divisions are going to be really competitive. Uh, We're going to wrap it up here. I'm just going to do everybody a quick favor. Uh, If you are a gambler, you're going to want to go to whatever gambling website you get. Pretty much just take all the pitchers, the Yankees pitchers, take all their overs for wins total. Tanaka is at 11 and a half. Half is at 11 and a half. Over. Axton's at 12 and a half. Close. Uh, But I guess I'll take over. You're really, you're really just relying on. What else? What else? Oh, ridicu- what else? Ridiculous ones we have because we kind of we were doing that for a second and I kind of t- took it off on a tangent. Well, we like tangents here. Yeah. Uh, Severino fourteen and a half. That's going to be a tough one now. That he's tough, injured. tough. Uh, no comment on that one. What else we got? Uh, Aaron Judge is also uh, thirty five or thirty eight point five on home runs. I'm just going to say under because I just think he's going to get walked a measure crap ton. See, I would say that, but I also think I was listening to uh, the short porch today, and they had Ryan Rucco on, and Rucco was saying how in spring training, short judges barstool, yes, uh, with uh, Hubs and Tom Scabelli. The Hubs is obviously the Yankees guy, um, but they were Rucco was saying, well, Judge really came into spring training with this short leg kick with two strikes and a different approach, where all of a sudden it went from you know two strikes, you can probably put this guy out with a good pitch to two strikes like you need to execute or you're going to have damage because ju- his new approach he's just good at hitting with two strikes his six his six home runs in spring training five of them came with two strikes on him so i really think that he's gonna he's gonna have over 40 home runs i'm predicting an mvp season for him which is very exciting it's not even me being a homer i really think he's gonna get it uh so we'll wrap it up there uh, this is episode three, so we're still here. And come back. Michigan, you owe me money. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. These vagabonds. Thanks for listening to Elite Sports Radio. Stay Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap, these little town blues.